Spring turkey season is upon us, and don't be caught out in the woods without having Onyx Hunt on your phone. One feature Onyx has that is often overlooked for turkey hunting is their recent imagery filter with their elite memberships. This imagery is updated week to week, and it comes in extremely handy, especially when you're trying to find these gobble zones where these turkeys will go out in a high spot on a fresh clear cut and strut around all day long. Actually, I was just looking at on Onyx where, where the timber company just came into Andrew's club and did a very small clear cut along this creek, and I can see the high spots on the topographical map, but also I can see exactly where they mulch, and those are going to be hot spots for finding gobblers, especially mid-morning after they get off their hens, getting up on these little high spots in this fresh, small clear cut along the creek and strutting and gobbling all day long. If you want to give Onyx a try, you can actually download it for free, try it for seven days, and if you decide to purchase, you can use the promo code SOUTHERN and save on your premium and elite memberships. So go into this turkey season, know where you stand with Onyx. If you're looking to throw some optics on your turkey gun this spring, look no further than the Vortex Defender ST. This is the red dot we're going to be running this season. We're excited about it. This thing's built like a tank, super lightweight, super long battery life, everything you need in a good turkey red dot. And if you want to get a discount on that red dot or any other Vortex Optic, go to eurooptic.com and use the code SGN10 to get a discount. That's eurooptic.com, code SGN10. If you live in the Gulf Coast region, you need to find yourself at the EcoWild Expo May 10th through the 12th in Mobile. It is the premier outdoor expo for the Gulf Coast region, and we're going to be there. We're going to have a booth. We're super excited about it. Can't wait to meet you guys that live down there. We absolutely love the Gulf Coast region, so to be a part of this show, we're super excited about. We're going to have past podcast guests there at our booth for you to talk to, guys who are relevant for your area, who you can talk to, you can pick their brain, you can joke with them, laugh with them, tell them your story, whatever you want to do. It's going to be a awesome time. We're already working on some past podcast guests, but hey, if you live in this area and you have a suggestion for someone you want to see at that show, write in and we'll see if we can get them. There's going to be all kinds of exhibitors at the show that are focused on hunting, fishing, conservation, and recreation. There's going to be activities for the whole family there. They got axe throwing, archery. They're going to have our podcast booth. And then for the kids, they got touch tanks, a honeybee exhibition, a raptor show, kids fishing tank, BB gun range, and a butterfly house. So you're going to love it. Your kids are going to love it. It's going to be an awesome time. So head on over to ecowildexpo.com to get more information on the show and to go ahead and grab your tickets. And hey, mark it on your calendar. May 10th through the 12th. Be there. We want to see you. And we're excited to talk to you. So we'll see you at the EcoWild Expo this May 10th through the 12th at the Mobile Convention Center in Mobile, Alabama. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast. Tonight, we're celebrating just a little bit. Jacob's over there. He's all excited over in his corner. So we got the, the one and only, the Killa Dilla back. He's back, finally. everybody. He came out of his burrow. <laughs> you know, he, he's back. I finally got off work. <laughs> came out of his burrow, and he's back with us in the studio. We're very excited. Michael Pack. Michael Pike. <laughs> I said Michael Pike. Pack. Michael Pike. The armadillo yep. is back from the podcast. Dude. Yes, sir. Michael, what you been up to, buddy? Oh, uh, nothing much. Just living that dream. Working, baby. Working. He's been a working man. Mike, you you had. We went to NWTF. You came to NWTF with us. You yeah. had like all these big plans. You're like, I'm gonna try this turkey hunting thing. You bought all this turkey hunting gear, and then it's like, bam, 65 hours a week, five weeks straight, eight yeah. weeks straight, whatever it was. Uh, yeah, I got that. <laughs> I got that new job, so that kind of sucked all the life out of turkey season. I bet, dude. Yeah, we were. We were like, I don't know, three or four weeks in, and Tiffany's like, 
where's Michael? He's like, <laughs> she's know. like, did y'all stop being friends with Michael? <laughs> I know. This is probably the first time I've seen y'all in like two months. I haven't seen you since NWTF. When was that? Uh, January or no? It was Fe- February, February. The weekend of February 16th this year. Yeah. Yep. Dang, dude. It's yeah. Been it's, been a, it's, been a, it's, it's, it's been a while, dude. Yeah. It's been a while. Like Mike it's just April stumbled 27th. out in the sunlight the other day. He's like, where am I? <laughs> That's what I feel like half of the day. Hey, listen, listen. I get, I get Mike's car. I'm like, man, what is that? He's like, oh, tanning oil? I'm like, tanning oil, bro? What you tanning for, man? He's like, I'll be ready for the beach. I'm like, dang, dude. Yeah, I ain't taking a beach trip in like five years. Man, but hey, we ain't- And we, I work night shifts. Something else can be. He's <laughs> <laughs> over like here like- a vampire. Like, Freaking frig, frig, straight- he, He's the deer. He's the uh, the the white tail ghost, bro. He's, All right, yeah. Oh man, that's a good segue. So this week, as you heard on the outro, uh, we're heading back in whitetail content. We're excited about it, man. <laughs> heading right into fall. This is like the turning point for a lot of people in the year, uh, where you know you kind of start getting antsy. You know, some antlers are going to start popping here in a minute. Velvet antlers growing. Going to be having that over the summer. Some people are shed hunting. Some people are done shed hunting. Some people are just starting. Uh, a lot of stuff going on in the whitetail woods right now, boys. A lot of stuff. Yeah, I went and pulled some trail cameras, and one of my trail cameras still had three bucks with antlers just a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. yeah. They've. Uh, I didn't tell you this, but I was I was out roosting turkeys a couple weeks ago on uh where we normally hunt, and uh, I was walking up to the back of one of those, and I'll bleep that because that's too too much. But I was walking up to the back of one of those. You know how they kind of like slope off real hard on the backside a lot uh-huh. of times? Well, I was sneaking like real quiet through there and I walked up on top of that and I looked down and there was a buck bedded like 10 yards beneath oh, me. Oh, yeah, you were telling me that. With both of his antler shed, I could see the big nubs, like big old fat buck. And I popped up over that thing and he went and like turned and looked <laughs> at me real quick and just blew out of there. Yeah. And that was pretty cool. I'm, I'm going to go back in there and kind of look around, I think. I don't know. I'm probably not going to. Yeah, you probably not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike, Mike, what was the most iconic Andrew thing ever? Oh, I can yeah. tell you. Uh, <laughs> I'll own this. I can't deny it me, one bit. Me and yeah. Mike have been talking about this a little bit. Uh, and Andrew, every single season so far, he's all fired up about some certain place. Okay, and a different piece he, of He will go and scout it. We will talk about it on every podcast, and he will <laughs> never hunt it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's not just different pieces of public. It's usually last year it was a different piece of public. It's usually like a like a new area on the same place we've been hunting. Like we, I bounced around to both sides of the place, and uh, yeah, man, I've t- I've said it on here before. Me and Zach, that's like our joke. We're like, man, this is a great spot to never return to. <laughs> yeah, pour up a rubs and everything. So you know, it happens. It happens. But I like to go in there and try to find his sheds. But I'm well. Well, probably won't. <laughs> it was cool, though, sneaking up on him. He was, like, just right there, like, where he's supposed to be or something. But, uh, yeah, man. So, Michael, you have got off work. You've had, like, a 10-day break off work. Uh, you've been working a ton. And you were able to get out and pull some trail cameras, right? Yeah. So, the first day off, which was, like, Tuesday, which was yesterday. Because today's Wednesday, right? Yep, it's Wednesday. Yeah. Yesterday was my first day off. And, um... I went out scouting. I covered five miles and then covered four and a half miles today. Um, I did not find the sign that I was wanting to see, but I did pull my two trail cameras from last season. And man, oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. We're, 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 we're going to get to it. We're going to get to it in just a little bit. Dude, what kind of sign were you wanting to see uh, here in May, early May? I was wanting to see some big rubs from back in season because that let me know, like, hey, this big boy. 
or big boys uh, were in this area, and I did not see any of that. So really? I have no clue where these jokers are. Yeah, podcast for you coming out this summer. Yeah, gonna gonna hit on that topic. Uh-huh. About like not finding it right now, but hey, season comes around. Get ready for it. Yeah, I, I, listen. I've been amped up for deer for probably the last four weeks now because I've done two deer episodes in North Carolina with two mm-hmm. different ge- or two guests back to back over the last like four weeks, two different trips. And dude, they got me amped. And I'm going to hold off on you know who they, they are. It is a fantastic podcast. I listen to well, it. Which one? I listen to most of it today. The first one. I haven't done the second one yet. Yeah. I still got to edit the second one, but I already got the first one edited. It's good. It's some good stuff, man. These guys good. are like they're good storytellers, man. Like they're just the that always of- makes it. I'm the worst storyteller, so like oh, I can always like I always admire like people who can really tell a really good story, just because they they make you feel like you're actually there, and they don't stutter and say um like a hundred thousand times and so oh man this guy's he told the story of uh having a buck walk in and bed 25 yards from him before daylight and he's like his bows hung in a freaking briar patch and he's trying to get it out of there dude dude you'll be freaking crafting bricks by the end of that story i was like what happens it was good it was really good i can't wait to release those we're hyping it up People are going to be like upset with us for uh, yeah, them wait and everything, but you know, that's oh, how they're, they're going to get it. They're going to get it. It's going to take a, it's going to take a, you know, well, and that's something, something I meant, uh, that I saw in like the reviews, which I still definitely go and look at the reviews, even though I've been at work, stuck at work for the last two months. Like I've still been looking at reviews, which there really hadn't been a whole lot. Um, no. been pretty slim pickings, but Call them out, Michael. Um, somebody did say the other day they were talking about how we needed to get some of those like, you know, local, you know, people who aren't really well known. You oh, know. yeah. I agree with that guy. Yeah. That's who we were yeah. talking about at dinner. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that guy. Definitely. Because some of these people, you know, we, we do like to interview some some more well known people because they have good content. But if you've listened to one podcast, there's chances that you've heard everything, you know, a hundred different times on different podcasts. And so I, I totally yeah, make get that. Rounds. Yeah. I totally get that. Totally, yeah. Well, yeah, that's uh, why this year we're focusing really hard on getting some new blood on, finding some new people. Which Jacob, the the guys he are he had on, uh, one of them's a new guy, so haven't had him on before. <laughs> Good deal. Wealth of knowledge. I'm so excited. wealth of knowledge got me fired up. I know it, it got Andrew so fired up. He's like, all right, I'm picking up picking up my roots where he's been hunting, where Andrew's been hunting for the last ever how many years? Ten years? Twenty? Not twenty? My years. whole life? Yeah, fifteen years. He's like, all right, now we're going to move, you know, 80 to 100 miles. Okay, in a well, direction. here, here's another thing. I was trying to explain this the other day and I didn't do it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to bleep it because, uh, because, uh, so I can explain it. But you, you might, you probably get this to get back there to that spot, right? Where, where we all hunt back there, there's a, there's in the way, right? And twice I got stopped there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, on like and you know like last fall um, premium and everything hunts, premium but like the hunts right you know last right. year like i got stopped and i couldn't i couldn't make it back there like on three of those hunts and last year like i thought this this year's not be that crazy but last year was bad just because of work and uh it like ruined through my hunts and now there's there's a place where you can go around but it takes like an hour and a half from my house now and so i'm like mm, might might as well just kind of relocate change right. the scenery so, uh, y'all come up to uh, Bankhead. <laughs> I could. Well, I don't know, man. Bankhead's like, 
I don't know, hour and a half, hour 45 from me, something like that. Yeah. It'll, it'll suck your soul out of you too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I'm trying to keep it relatively close for most hunts. Yeah. Something manageable, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to try and relocate. We already talked about that two weeks ago, but Michael, I want to talk about your, uh, your trail camera. Yeah, buddy. So you, you were dealing with a little bit of burnout after deer season last oh, year, right? Totally, yeah. So what what was the what was behind that? Just I think I just went too hard. We went so many different places last year. Um you hit out Tennessee of state, for that velvet hunt. Tennessee, Missouri, Iowa. I mean, and then what? Uh like three different three no, four different WMAs. So it's just like to be honest, I was spread so thin out across everything and didn't wasn't able to capitalize yeah you know i saw plenty of deer plenty of bucks in a lot of the places like in missouri yeah in missouri we're all over them um in in black warrior and bankhead i I missed that good one um so it's just like a culmination of things you know i was just like god i've i've went pretty hard this year and seen all these huge bucks and do not have my hands on a single one of them. It, so that's probably like the toughest thing. And like this first kind of like recap last year, but what we're excited for for this season is like that is the aspect of like, especially on you, Mike, talking about, you know, how much time and you were like hunting a lot, like overnight trips, you know, a lot of different places. And like you had like close calls or like missed bucks. And it's like that drains on you. And like, I've talked to other guys, like guys I've talked to during turkey season and like missed a lot of turkeys. And it's like, dude, it's, it makes it where it's like not fun anymore. Like, okay, yeah, I yeah. miss when you miss like two or three animals, well, whether it's turkeys, it's deer, or whatever. You're like, dude, like, what is wrong? Well, it, it, it's like this: like, you, you have like two different kind of people. You have, uh, you know, somebody who sees a whole lot of deer, and at the end of the season, they don't have a single one to show for. And you have somebody over here who sees like a tenth of what you see, and capitalizes every single time and it's like it is it will get you the like, universe is going against you. it yeah it will get you in a bad spot and you know feeling like you know just like crap because like you've done everything you've put in the hard work you've seen all of these deer you've passed tons of deer and then like this this person can go in and capitalize every single time and it's just like if i was to capitalize every single time that i saw a big deer mm-hmm. i'd be you'd have one hell of a taxidermy i'd have one hell of a taxidermy bill. <laughs> but I, that's not the case. Seal the deal. that's not the case yeah but but that what kind of brings it back down to reality and kind of talking about like for this coming season is like you know you had a lot of opportunities like or like you had opportunities last year that just, it didn't, didn't go your way Mm-mm. like a couple of really big deer different situations like missouri was crazy two bucks locked up fighting Big biggest deer. deer i've ever seen in my entire life yeah and it's like and you like you get how far 25 yards oh yeah and it's like you yeah just can't get him shot like you know it's, yeah it's tough if i had a rock in my hand i probably could have killed him like, <laughs> why didn't you pick up a rock <laughs> i know <laughs> but, but is, that in, is that in the game walls <laughs> yeah legal methods is taking you jump on his back with a k bar <laughs> but but and it's like on the flip side it's like me i just give complete opposite I was able to hunt a ton last year and it just seemed like cards fell right on certain situations. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and like, for, and like for real, like it was like the previous year sucked for me. I, I killed it. 
that one decent, that one good deer. Decent. Yeah, you killed a good deer. Yeah, that one. Yeah, good deer. well, in the previous year for me, like that was uh, a you killed odd, a good deer. It was an odd year for me. Like, I mean, I tagged out with you know some really good deer. Yep. And that is unlike me to be able to hit that many deer. <laughs> but but we, we can probably talk some more about. It, but it's like it's just it's how the cards fall. And that, I, that's one thing I guess that's interesting about, especially talking about this episode, kind of getting us excited for whitetail hunting this year. And going to different places, doing some different things, is that like sometimes it just it, it's like that. Like I've I've talked to plenty of dudes. Like they've got a they have like a couple of good years, and all of a sudden, like just for some reason, cars don't fall right, don't execute shots, whatever the situation is. And you're like, man, like oh man, I don't, it's like it's like you you think about yourself like, oh man, I can't, I don't, do I even know how to hunt anymore? Like, yeah. <laughs> well, when yeah. I think about you, Jacob, like you're like a, a Michael Perry or something like that. You d- you never hear anybody, you never hear them say. Oh, I missed this deer. It's always like, oh yeah, like I mean, I shot him like he was three hundred yards away, and I shot him, and he fell over. Like, if I shot a deer thirty yards, I'd probably miss him. <laughs> like, and you're shooting like three hundred yards, and I couldn't imagine shooting that far and actually killing something. Like, that thing could be as as big as a football field, and I might miss it at three hundred yards. I mean, just saying, like, well, but. Again, that I think that comes back to, and we can again maybe talk more about this kind of like getting prepared for the season. It's like the aspect of like, you know, some people like, especially when you're talking like certain weapon systems, like some guys are just really deadly with bows and they hunt a ton with bows and they have like a ton of success. And other guys give them a rifle in the hand. Like, you give me that Christensen Mesa. Which we talked. To, I wish they would advertise. I wish they'd sponsor the podcast. I, yeah, they need to. We need to get some ads for. We give them oh, free advertising. Yeah, Christian. I've been thinking about this. I'm. I'm thinking like i'm just gonna have to get one because both of y'all are just like no, no, slaying no, no but no Man, but no it's, no, no no but the, th- no, the thing is like the one like one gun isn't gonna make you like that much more successful but it's like it's just i've shot it so much i feel very confident and like killed two deer last year with it in alabama and then went to uh iowa and shot the one to muzzleloader it's like i feel so confident with a rifle muzzleloader stuff that i've sighted it and i've done it all myself and it's like i feel just very confident with it with a bow I'm kind of the opposite. Like a bow, like if it's outside of 30 yards, like I'm just, I have no confidence. It's like just, I just, it would take a lot for me to like try to pull that shot off. And even if it's inside 30 yards, I mean, as we talked about, you know, deer last year, and I was talking to John Ball, one of our listeners and also Patreon um, partners uh, from uh, Cash River Leather. You know, I was talking to him, or he, he brought to me about the freaking doe from Tennessee, looked like a, you know, what was it? First archery Baptist shoot or first <laughs> Geraldine <laughs> Geraldine Old. first Baptist archery competition. Let I me mean, the deer looked like a pin cushion. I'll be hundred percent honest. It was terrible. Uh, but you know, killed it. And it is what it is. But it's like it's just you have guys like that. Like you have different people that are just more confident with different you know exact weapon systems. But I, that to me that comes around to especially like those two guests I've interviewed the last couple times in North Carolina is the idea of like being very confident in what you're hunting with. Like that's one thing they yeah. talk a lot about is like knowing your gear, knowing your limitations, but learning your gear. So you know how to execute when you get the opportunity, not even just hunting related, but like, as Andrew said, in one of the stories, knowing like when you have a deer close that you can get a, like, you know, you know where everything is, you can work in the dark, you can get everything set up and still get your bow up, staying when the bet, buck's bed 25 yards from you. Mm, that's a good point. That yeah. brings up, I mean, last year, uh, the on the, my first hunt of the year last year, I backstrapped a doe and didn't get her. And that was me bow hunting in like really steep stuff. And I like I shoot my bow plenty in the backyard, but 
when she's like 10 yards from the base of the tree and she's like downhill from you and it's like a super steep angle. Like I panicked in that moment and I just like punched the trigger. I'm like, oh, the corner, you know, been, been there, screwed been, it up. Yeah, that was, uh, maybe it was two years ago. You and me went to Creek Bottom. Um, one day we hiked off and went through a briar thing. This is like, I don't know how to describe the spot, but I had a doe come by me. Same mm-hmm. situation. I had the bow and she came on my weak side of the, of the, of the, uh, of the uh, on my saddle and I couldn't, it was like split second, like, oh, I want to shoot this thing like really bad. But I didn't know she was there until she was 25 yards from me. And I made the little bit of effort I could to kind of get spun around and shoot. And it was terrible. I missed over the top of her by probably four feet. And, and I, well, I smacked a, a, a vine too, which didn't help in any situation. <laughs> Air went like airborne. And the doe was like, what was that? And like, just like ran <laughs> off like 20 yards. And I'm like, I can't shoot it now. It's, you know, it, it now knows something's up. But, uh, it's it you know that I feel like that happens to a lot of guys. Like you hear more and more stories, you see people talk about it. It's like, and that's probably like kind of bring it back down to reality is the idea of like, not many guys can go into the woods and be successful every opportunity. Like I'm still not that guy. Like I still see deer that like I just can't get shots at. Even with a gun, it's like you just have certain situations. It's like it just doesn't play out. But when you get that situation, I go back to the whole Jim Forbes podcast we did back in 2020 from mm. Virginia. You must have listened to that one recently. No, no, no. I've just talked a lot about him recently to those other guests. Yeah, no, because I've been listening to that. You're like, Jim Forbes, Jim Forbes. But but with Jim Forbes, he talks about hunting like all season and he gets like five to eight seconds of that one buck that comes by, like shoot a buck. And you have to capitalize. It's the one opportunity. It's either you're you're tagging a good deer or you're going the whole season not killing one. Yeah. Because he hunts an area with very low deer densities. And it's like, it's that kind of thing. It's like either you got to be able to make it happen or you got to be a really good hunter and really good scouter and know what you're looking for, a good woodsman, and you can have a, a crap ton of opportunities. You got to have 15 opportunities to kill one or two deer. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's like one of, one of the two, really. Yeah. I feel like those guys like me have to work twice as hard to try to compensate for the times that you're going to miss. Mm-hmm. Like, just to be able to get those the same amount, you know, that y'all would get. Y'all capitalize. I don't. And that's just, you know something that I have to compensate for. I, you know, I have to go out and try twice as hard to find it, you know, twice as many deer that way I can actually come away with something. But to me, that makes it even twice more sweet, if not more so. Yeah. Like when you do can, when you can capitalize, you're like, dude, I put this much effort into it. I've worked for it and I've killed that deer. It's like that much bigger of a deal than like, Oh man, I went out there one day, right. The book came by me. I was able to get a shot off right. a rifle, muzzler, bow, whatever, and just was able to kill it. And like, yeah, you, like you said, like there's different guys, different, like, again, we talked about Michael Perry a whole bunch, but he's like one of those guys, like if he gets an opportunity, he's going to execute it. Oh yeah. I mean, he talks about that. He's like, don't pass up your first shot for a potential better shot. Like you mm-hmm. got to take what, you, mm-hmm. what you're given and, and execute it. That's a hard lesson to learn. Well, man. and that's something ah! that, and that's something that you hear a lot about is people talking about, wait for that perfect shot. You know, don't be taking this questionable shot, but. I mean, you talk to somebody like that and they're like, you know, maybe not questionable as in like you can't kill it, but like, don't be like waiting for that perfect mm-hmm. shot. Like, you know, you may only have this one opportunity. Mm. What's per- that? What's perfect that? example. Uh, I got a perfect example. I know. But before we get to that, Andrew won't know. What's that Eminem song? It's like, uh, I got one, sh- one shot. Oh, uh, yeah. Now I'm out. You know what? I don't you, know this yeah, one. You, Mike, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. But it's like, you know, you got one shot, one opportunity. And it's like, do not miss your chance. Yeah, don't miss your chance. And, but that's like, that's for real. It's like, especially if you're doing an out of state hunt or something and you're like, you have a limited time, you got to make it happen. Like, there's no, 
if it, I go back to like that, uh, the bear I shot in Arkansas, when it came up that, <laughs> when it came up that bluff and got on that bench below me, I knew I had one shot and I knew the, the bear was going to smell me. And when it smelled me, I already th- knew in my head when it came up, it's probably going to pause for a quick second. It's probably going to look at me and I'm going to have to take the best shot I got at that time. And that's why I did and was able to kill the bear. But it's like, if you're going to wait for like a, par- a perfect broadside shot, would never kill that thing. Just mm-hmm. it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. It's just, again, that's kind of like, also, I feel like that's also like coming back to like some of the wisdom you've been understanding the deer or understanding like whatever you're hunting for. It could be the rabbits. I mean, for all, for, for, you know, just for sake of like example, when you know that animal's there and you, it gives you the opportunity, like you've got to take that shot when you know what your gear is, like what your equipment's capable of doing and what you're capable of doing. Like if you're not capable of making like a shot like that, where like that bear, it was a frontal shot now shooting down on top of it, like through its back. And was able to get through, get the get the uh, part of the like blew out the backside of the heart with the muzzleloader and like part of a lung, and it didn't make it. It rolled downhill like eighty yards. It was dead, and uh, you know it's just it's one of those things. But to me, that comes back to like knowing what you're capable of, knowing what you can execute and what you can't. If you're like one of those guys that kind of iffy, I already told you, Mike. Whatever gun, especially your gun, like but I feel like with archery equipment, you're you're, you're super solid. Yeah, but we're talking firearms here. You need to go buy ten boxes of rounds. Yeah, we're gonna go down to the farm. I know. We're gonna do some runs. I might not do. I might. I might just be coaching. <laughs> do some sprints, and then like under high pressure situations, have to execute a shot in like five to eight seconds, and like just make it happen. Yeah, from different positions because it happens quick. Yeah, and that's usually usually in the spots that I'm hunting, I'm not hunting over like a food source. These deer are moving, moving through thick brush usually, mm-hmm. and it's real real quick. That that big Alabama buck I shot this year, if you. It was like muscle memory. If you had to con, if you had to think when that buck popped out chasing that doe, if you had to think to shoot, you would never. You would. It, you only. You wouldn't have hit. Yeah. It. You wouldn't have been able to make the shot. I wouldn't have made the shot. It was like muscle memory. Second buck came out antlers. He paused for a split second, and it was a split second too much, and boom. I need to get like I do with instinctive archery. You know, like when I had the longbow shooting it, like you just pull back, you automatically just look at the target, and bam, it's. It's all gone off before you even realize it. Yep, absolutely. And I'm not like that with guns. Just because I don't break out the gun until it's deer season. I go yeah, take it's like a your, your few only practice shots. Shooting a rifle is shooting at a big buck at crunch time, right? Right. You know, well, other than a little bit of practice at the range. Yeah, and bench. I mean, I'm I'm decent at the range. I mean, I'm not bad at the range. It's not like I'm all over the target or something. No, you're good at the range. I mean, but clever leafing it in the yards. in the in the pressure situation is where I struggle. Yeah, and to me that comes down. I'd love to get somebody on, and this is like as a side note, like maybe for an episode, someone that's like really good, like and it doesn't even have to be a hunter, but someone that understands like maybe like a professional athlete or something, understands how to like keep themselves calm in like high stress situations. Because that's the biggest thing. If you let yourself get like get freaked out or whatever, and you can't like keep it together, that's when you start like making bad shots. You start execute stop like not being able to execute. It's like the whole Iowa deer situation. When that buck came out, it was trotting. I'm like, second I looked through with the binos, or I, thought, I think it was binos. I'm like, dude, that's a shooter buck. No questions asked. Day four of a freaking 10-day hunt. I'm like, I'm shooting that deer right now. And like the second it goes in my head, like, hey, this is a shooter deer. It's like calm. It's like everything's calm. It's like, okay. Like, it's just it's just me. It's like all, all I got to do is just do my thing and just get up and just like stay focused, making sure there's nothing in the way when you take that shot. Keep keep an idea. Like don't get tunnel vision. I think so many people, I, I used to be guilty of this in the past, you get tunnel vision. When you get tunnel vision, that's when you do stupid things. Like yeah. you shoot too soon, you hit a freaking limb, you hit grass, especially talking about a rifle, and you just like 
make a bad shot. Or, or you don't even know where you're aiming at yeah. when you pull the trigger. Like something I've noticed about both of y'all is y'all both talk about how you get laser focused in the moment and then you fall apart after the moment. Mm-hmm. Mm. Me, I fall apart in the moment. I'm fine after the moment. Like, shoot, there's nothing going on in my head after the moment except that gummit. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know if I was on the deer or if I was 10 yards away from the deer. Like, I have no clue when, when that goes uh, on. To me, it's, it's a, it's a, to me, it's a, um, it's not a confidence thing. It's more of a, like, I've had that happen so many times where I've screwed up on deer in the past. Like, I'm, I like, I, I pr- we don't, we don't talk about like what happened to me like eight years ago. There's been, a, I what? promise you. Mm-hmm. I've missed fifty more deer than you. That does not make a difference. No, no, but what, but no, but what I'm saying is there, there was a learning curve that happened to me probably like six years ago, where like I had some big deer get away, and it was because I got way too like in the moment, mm-hmm. and it's just like if I see a big deer, like specifically, specifically, we're talking big deer here. If you see like a good deer, it's like it that deer's not I, like now. I don't think like that deer's going on the wall. Every time I've I've seen a deer, I'm all like, this happened to me in the past. You see a big buck, I'm like, I'm already, like, I'm looking at the scope, already thinking about the mount, like, how, how I'm going to get this thing mounted, because I'm always dead to rights, and then something happens. Either, like, can't keep in the moment, like, one deer that was down at the farm, this is back probably eight years ago, really good deer, pushing 130 inch, really big nine point, and, um, it, you know, perfect broadside, he was walking, perfect broadside, because it stopped 130 yards of the rifle, and I was so in the moment, he came through one big opening, it was like eight foot wide opening, um, in the brush, Perfect shot, and I, I like wasn't in the focus of mind of either taking the walking shot and shooting or trying to stop him. I, I was like caught up in the moment, like do I stop him? Do I shoot him? Like walk? Do I shot stop him or do I shoot him? And it's like now it's like it's just I've I've gotten to the point personally that like I'm gonna make it. It's kind of like what Michael Pike, uh, Michael not Pike Michael uh, Perry no Mike Pentecost getting everybody <laughs> confused talked about uh, a couple weeks ago on the Turkey episode. Talking about uh, per, uh, perception, is you have to have a like you got to know what you're doing. And you got to execute whatever you're gonna do. Like you can't go into a situation like, oh, should I do this or should I do that? It's like when you see that deer, oh, you got to be decisive. Decide that's, that's what you got to be decisive for. of what you're gonna do in a split second and be able to make that happen. Like whatever mm-hmm. you're gonna do, if you're shooting a deer walking, fine. And I've done that before and had great success. I've also done it before previously where I didn't know what I was gonna do. I rushed the shot and shot over the top of the deer. At like pretty close range. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, I you know, I always use the squirrel hunt example, which I think is still you know a really really good analogy for it. But Michael, you've been dove hunting with me, so dove hunting is the same way. Even though it's wing shooting, it's the same principle. When you see a dove coming and he's coming and he's coming, and you're like, what should I do? When should I throw up on him? When should I shoot? And then he gets like right over you. Like me and Jacob, this is like our favorite thing, dude. You get on that little flight path where they're coming through, and you let them get like right there, and you just bam, throw up and shoot like one. Quick yeah, it's, it's very instinctive. Yeah, which is I'm I'm good with instinctive. Like I mean, the rifle needs the, to be instinctive though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> that that shotgun's instinctive. Like I mean, I can I can shoot the dove. You know, I don't have a problem shooting the dove. But but that I don't know. Those deer get me tore up, dude. Yeah. If 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 they're over a feed tree or something like that, and I have time to process everything, calm down. And calm down, I'm fine. But if if something's happening really quick, I don't know. It's like sensory overload, and I'm just like screwing it up somehow. Well, I mean, it kind of goes back to like two big deer I've lost in Tennessee. Like the shot opportunities that one was with the rifle, one was with the bow. 
both of them I wasn't necessarily ready, and one I way overthought, which is like the real big deer, and also the single shot didn't help because he kind of knew I was already there. Quiet, pull the hammer back, it goes click, and then he freaking just boogies out of there like before I even had a shot at him. But it's like one of those things that next time, like now I know the first second I think it's a good buck, hundred percent right. Like you're, you're, there's no waiting around watching them, especially like you're in cover. The second you like see like, hey, this looks like a decent deer, you're getting ready to shoot, and you can always like, oh, not shoot it. Like, hey, oh, it's not the deer I thought it was, or mm-hmm. not the quality deer I, I was wanting to shoot, and uh, and kind of you know chill out. Yeah. Okay, go back. That's so, right. so this is a this is a depressing conversation so far. So let's switch over to something more positive, and that is Michael's trail camera uh, that you just checked yesterday. So, Michael, uh, talking about this trail cam, we haven't seen this yet, but here's the first picture. Okay, that's you. What, what you're making a scrape right there, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, I'm scraping out a spot. Uh, this is uh, 13th of October. So I've been in there a while, and it was still still going. When you picked it Til, up? Till uh, the end of February. This one was the end of February. And I don't think the batteries were all the way either because mm-hmm. I had it set out already. Card filled up? Um, No, because I put big cards in them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, all right. I think the batteries just went dead, finally. So, so uh, describe the spot for the audience. I see a, it looks like a little flat bench <laughs> yeah. looking thing, a little flat knob. I see a big, big giant white oak trunk, it looks like, in the background. Yeah, so this is a, um, this is basically below a bluff gap is it a pine thicket um, or a pine plantation it looks like a lot no of pines it's back there it's hemlock where are you seeing pines at bro background okay so that's hemlock in the back yeah glasses. uh <laughs> yeah hemlock is where it's at uh and when you said hemlocks we all know now know where you're at yeah yeah <laughs> yeah now everybody knows yeah plus one other person knows uh where this camera was so Did they, were they on camera Oh, okay. No, they they knew that I had cameras out here. He had cameras out here too. So, um, just keep that on the DL. You know who you are. You know who you are. <laughs> keep it hush hush, son. Wait, was that a collared doe? Uh, collared doe. Oh, no, 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 no collared does. Anyways, about a week later, um, is when I start getting a whole lot of pictures. Um, have a a bachelor group of bucks come in. And they're sniffing around. They're what I would consider for this place little dinks. Um, I'd pass these up all day long. This next one, Andrew, Andrew's got one on the wall. You see, he's bedded down right below the scrape. Yeah, right now. Yep. And this is younger deer. This is an eight point, but or actually, he may be. A I think nine. he's a nine point. Yeah, but he's still he's he's, uh, he's, he's real tight racked. Yeah, he's skinny tine. He looks like he's what. Two and a half. Yeah. Like a little scrawny peanut body looking joker. Uh, but he goes off and the next one you see Ooh. is freaking hoss. Like his balls are hanging almost to the ground. <laughs> I mean, you see the joker. I right do. There. Oh my gosh. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, a, that's a stud, man. He is heavy. See he's got the little split on the G two right here. A, like a like a mainframe nine with a kicker. Yeah. So he's a ten. God. And he's got that little one right there. Oh man, we call, we call that an Alabama point right there. Oh man, he's yeah. wide and he's tall. Yeah. That is a nice he's a, freaking he, deer. He's a big deer. Oh man, and he beds down right in it too. He's, so, like so he's bedding deer. in the scrape. Yeah. When you first sent that well, to me, I'm like, Michael just put a camera well, so, on. And a bed. this is and this is something I've seen before. Um, not necessarily bedding right in the middle of it, but 
bedding within eyesight, like 20 yards off of it. Yep. Watching it, just seeing if, you know, other deer come into that hold area. On, before you go on to the next one, I want to, like, just, yeah, keep, keep on. Well, hold on, I got this back real quick. I'm going to go through them. I got a bunch of pictures Golly, of him laying in man. The, yeah, he's huge. What a freaking deer. That's a good deer anywhere, dude. Yeah. Uh, like, y'all you, haven't seen all of these pictures because I didn't send Like, if all you drive these. to Kansas, you're shooting that deer. Yeah. You're shooting that deer in Iowa. I mean, that's a huge deer, dude. Um, I'm not even going to try to guess. Man, great freaking brow tines on him. Just like a, man, what a good deer. His G3s are just as long as his G2s. Golly. What? That's a good angle right there. Yeah. <laughs> man, that's, a, that's a nice deer. That's, that's his good side. That's his good side. Every side is good. Look at that, <laughs> man! Golly, that's a nice. So one. he lays there for like forty-five minutes. Lays his head even down. even lays, lays his, his head, head down. down, goes to sleep. Yeah. Wow. And go find his sheds, dude. Now watch. As soon as he leaves out, uh, this is ten twenty-four at eleven o two. That little oh uh, looky there, a little eight point comes in, and he goes over there and sniffs around where that big buck was. Houndstooth Game Call's Dixie Hen Slate was just voted the overall best turkey call by Field and Stream Outdoors, and trust me, it's super easy to run and be extremely dynamic when you're in the turkey woods. Now, we've mentioned a couple of these calls in the past, like the Spur Master and the Success Call in a past episode with both Gary Vines and Lyle Gilbert of Houndstooth Game Calls. And it was funny enough, y'all actually bought every Spur Master call and success call they had. Now, pay attention to their website. They're going to have some more come up in stock in the next few days. So when they come available, make sure you get one if you did not purchase one before they sold out last time. Both the Spurmaster and the Success Call are fantastic for hunting high-pressure turkeys, whether you're on a hunting club where you have a lot of other members hunting those same turkeys, or if you're on public land. Again, both of those calls will make you sound a little bit different from everybody else and be a lot more subtle in your calling technique and be able to really help close those distance with those gobblers. So if you want to give Houndstooth Game Calls a try, go to houndstoothgamecalls.com. Use the promo code SOP24. Again, promo code SOP24 for 15% off houndtoothgamecalls.com. When you say little A point, by the way, like 85 to 90% people would have shot that deer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, especially in Alabama. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I wonder if he, uh, I wonder if the little buck got up and walked over there because the big buck left or if the well, big buck Well, that's what left. I figure. Yeah. Yeah, or if the big buck left because little deer were like no, coming I, in to bother him or something. I don't think so. I think the other one's oh, hog. oh, there's hogs. Yeah, there's a lot of hogs in this area too. Oh wow, looky there, That's old a big hog, old, old dink buck. There's a bunch of them come through. Man, there's nothing like a good camera pull like this that where your yeah. camera's just been there's, out there. There's so many different little bucks. In, oh yeah, on this, there's like three three does that come through. Um, you know, getting on up to the rut here. See another little buck. They're yeah. all coming to this one uh, hemlock tree. That's uh, they put the scrape on her. Yeah, Man, and you that. see all of them. All of them are jumping hey, up zoom, into this tree. Zoom in on that on his head of that deer. Can you zoom in on that? On this one? Yeah. You can just that's, wait. Dude, look at him. Oh. That's him right there. So that, that's a different buck. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's different another buck. freaking big buck. November the third, broad daylight. Well, hold on. Can you zoom on that? Yeah. Ten thirty nine a.m. How about that? You no, know, I'm sitting a little. I'm sitting. Hey, we may way. have to cut some of this. Uh, some of this information out. Oh. Just because, I mean. <laughs> he knows. Some other guy knows. Yeah. There's a lot of juice. Yeah, it's a lot of juice. Uh, Golly. Oh, good old. Yeah. Hen turkey. No, it's a Jake. Big boar. So, uh, the rut is. The here. rut in, mainly in, in Bankhead, at least in Black Warrior, is, uh. 
usually the third week, second end of the second week into the third week of November. Mm, so there is again. That's a big boy. You think that's the same one? That's a different one. That's a different one. Dude. Yeah. This is a different one, I think, than all of the other ones we've seen so far. I think there's three mm-hmm. big bucks total. He doesn't have a – I don't think he has a kicker. And plus, I think he's – um, little tired. He's just like eight point. Or He's a nine. Is he nine? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a nine yeah. point. Andrew's assuming that he's got brow tines. So I think this is the same one as the other okay. one. Okay. Yeah. And he comes through a couple That's of times. That's a big hog, dude. And then of course, like the little dink bucks in. Which... Oh, whoa, whoa, what was that one during daylight? Go back. Right there. That one. Is that a buck or doe? That that may be that other one that we saw earlier. Yeah. The you know, big the, one. The yeah, the one that was real orangey looking. Yeah. Golly. Was that white oak in the background? Uh, do you know if it ever started dropping? I mean, I guess you didn't I, ever go back yeah, in there. Yeah, I never went back in there. So is this the area that you were talking about scouting and were disappointed in the lack of buck sign you found in there? Yeah. So in in season, I really didn't see a whole lot of deer. So you can see here, that date right there, mm-hmm. that's when they were chasing. And okay. I had a camera about a half a mile away, mm-hmm. and that one lit up also. Same same day. Okay. Um. Love is in the air. Yeah. And so pretty much you get a whole bunch of little bucks everywhere chasing some does around. Oh, whoa, there's whoa, a big boy whoa. again. Yeah. I don't know which one that one is, but it's going back a little late. He's big. Oh, it's, it's in the morning. It's, 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 yeah. yeah. It's just it, before it's, daylight. It's real dark right here just because of the hemlocks. They you know, block out all the light. And there could be an hour difference considering it's in November now. And I think time changes like the end of October, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I think it's early November, isn't it? Is it? In time change? Yes. It's somewhere around that time. So this is really so, so, an hour earlier? So it could be an hour difference. I, I can't remember which. Must be, yeah, it must be an hour earlier. Because that's about the, that's like, that's just yeah, cause that's, time. That's 742 right there. And you can see that's a lot more daylight. And that one's 705. So there's not that much difference. 30 minutes. He was uh he was probably coming through just at legal Ooh. light because legal light around that time is around like six fifteen ish right. or so. Oh yeah, so man, yeah. They were some... just lighting up that scrape. It's kind of interesting throughout this whole process. Yeah, like... if you were to count how many deer actually hit this tree right here, like jumping up into the tree, like it's a ridiculous amount. Yeah, I mean they're getting up there. Yeah, and what's funny about this spot right here. Is they hit it about a month earlier. It's good deer. That was a good deer right there. Yeah, it's a great it's deer. A really good deer. What time was that? 11, Midday. 26. Man. Oh, hello. Yeah. Golly, dude. You might have like four different nice bucks on here. Nice Can't bucks. Tell. You'd have to, you'd have to like really look at this and try to figure out, but man. Even with a spot that right. looks this nice. Look, at that one. Look how much meat is on that. <laughs> hey, we, we call that I mean, a that's thick a, boy. That's a that big is one. a thick boy. Not very much uh, daylight activity from the mature deer in this spot. Even in the even through the chasing. Right. Yeah. I mean, very little daylight. Uh-huh. There was, so there was basically like maybe three days where you could have killed a like a big mature buck right here. Yeah. So what I did when I went scouting today is I hit up the area that's down on the other side of this creek and uh, real quick can you 
How many? How much details can you give oh. on like the setup of this Dude, area? Look at that. Check it. Golly, that's <laughs> that a huge figure, man. Woo! How much can? How many details can you give on how this area sets up? So I mean, we there's hemlock. She said that. Well, I mean, as long as my other buddy keeps his <laughs> keeps his mouth shut, I can tell y'all everything. Yeah. Because I mean, it doesn't make a difference, but mm-hmm. um, so. There's basically a bluff gap, and this right here is a logging road that leads up pretty close to the bluff gap. And so it's just a natural little way that they can travel up to that bluff gap or down from that bluff gap. So it swings and around so, like beneath that bluff yeah, gap. Yeah, so this right here is the logging road, and it leads up to the actual gap itself, which is like right here. Does it go through the gap? Um, I won't say that it does... I mean, it comes pretty close to it, but yeah. not really. Okay. But I mean, within like 20 yards. Gotcha. So, I mean, it's not so like it's- using that road. They're just using that logging road. Okay. So, this is very open down below. Mm-hmm. So, that's the reason why I think most of this is nighttime activity. And um, so, anyways, there's uh, the other side. I, when I went and scouted it today- um, a lot of it is actually still open, so I'm not really sure where these deer come from. There's a pretty good little distance, maybe like, a, well, I mean, I, I guess not for a deer, especially if it was going straight here, but like probably a half a mile um, is probably going to be the next best cover. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went and walked it, and I really didn't see any sign. Normally, you know, you see a whole bunch of sign like, from that little secondary point leading down to the creek when it yeah. crosses the creek or at a hub, normally you'd find a whole bunch of either rubs or scrapes. And there just really wasn't a whole lot of sign to make me feel like. They're those, really spending time in there. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if they're traveling a pretty good distance, um, mm-hmm. you know, or, or what the deal is. So. It's well, I know it's how I know how I'll set up on this area because if you look at every single one of these pictures and you look at the phase of the moon, I'm gonna I'm gonna play these back, okay? And you look at every big picture uh, or every big buck and see what moon phase they're in. They're in two specific ones, um, for the most part. That was a decent one, but you see like mm-hmm. what most of this is. Yeah, you'll notice all of the big buck activity are on two specific ones Mm. was that a midday picture yeah and and most of them are either going to be if they're daylight there are they are going to be around that so that was one thing i was just about to bring up is if you were to kill a deer in Mm. the stand if you were to kill one of these big bucks yep sure enough flip side it would uh right they were only coming through midday or like very very early or very very late uh when it comes to legal shooting hours I mean, like right on the line. Let's see. Right, so, so we're not saying a uh, moon phase on here. No, we're not going to say it. But you notice, like, there's a there's a definite break in between, like, when these pictures are being That's, taken. That was a big deer there. When these pictures are being taken, they're being taken around two certain points. Maybe that that one's an outlier. Yeah. Yep. Isn't it? What, what time was that? That was at eleven. Yeah, so if you if you know anything about that specific um, 
moon phase, you'd know what the feeding time was, which is really, really close. <laughs> Man, I feel like we're doing the listeners dirty here. I know. Because we're not nothing. giving them all the information, oh, which we can. We we can do that. You're, I'll let you I'll, say, hey, it's your I'll, spot. It's your spot. I'll, I'll call my, my buddy out if um if he goes <laughs> in here and kills the deer. Oh. We'll call them out to everybody, and everybody can give them out. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right. So, so how does so, it line up? So basically, the the pictures um, are all lining up to where they're either during the couple of days around a new moon or full moon. I know there's which you can edit this out, like all this silence. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but like, I mean, you notice it's all around yeah. either a full moon or a new moon. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a nice deer, man. I know. He's That's the kind of deer huge. that people go up there and just suffer miserable season after miserable season trying to kill a deer like yeah. that. Yeah. Woo. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. So if I was to go into this spot, I've already thought this through. Uh, I think I would, which me and Jacob was talking about it over Mexican earlier. Uh, I think I'd have to take like a 100 foot rope and rappel off the side of the bluff. <laughs> just to stay out of the bluff gap. Yeah. And go down there and sit up against the bluff wall and just catch them cruising that logging road and just Man. only sit it between the couple of days surrounding that and the couple of days surrounding the new moon. And I think I would probably be mm. the, the best opportunity. Like out of all of that stuff I scouted today, I mean, it would be just a crapshoot. Yeah. So. Dude, Jacob, was it you that I was with that one time on the, on the place we normally hunt? Uh, we found like this big bluff wall that it, it was kind of a bluff, like there was exposed rock on it, but there was also a few trees growing off of it. But it went up and there was like a logging road that had been cut out of the side of the mountain. We were turkey hunting and we found like this logging road that had been cut out around the side of this big, like really steep face. And it was thick. That logging road was thick, and it was just like wore out. There was crap, like deer crap, rubs, oh, that, everything. That was an old railroad bed. Yeah, and when we were talking about, me and him were actually talking about tying a rope to one of those trees and tossing it off the edge and coming up from the bottom, climbing up, using that rope. Yeah, yeah. Climb up that bluff to get up there because it's such clean access. Yeah. We never did it. It's kind yeah. of one of those things, man. It's a good spot to never return to. <laughs> yeah, I think if I go up there this year, this would probably be the only spot that I would hunt, and I would hunt it exactly how I just said. Mm-hmm. Go in there and repel off the bluff. Repel off the bluff. <laughs> go, and, and go right back up the bluff wall with that rope. And you know, Oh, yeah, because you repel now. I forgot. I was like, you just going to start repelling this summer? Yeah, but, I've, yeah, I've been repel repelling, or, yeah. Yeah, you certified, but, um, yeah. but the thing I'm going to have to do is is get the little... I don't know, a little it's, gadget to yeah, attach to your foot to a send. Tree climbers use, or yeah, it's like some the, kind of a cinder. It's a cinder goes off your leg or off your knee. It allows you to be able to pretty much like walk up the freaking rope. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, dude. I mean, I, I think it's it's interesting because not only is, I mean, that. I mean, if this deer lived, he's going to be, how, how big <laughs> do you think he's going to be? I don't know. Over 150. I don't, I don't know how big he is right now. I'm not good at guessing score, but I mean, that's a, Again, that I, like very few people would pass that deer. Like very few deer hunters in the country. I feel like I'm, I'm very also I'm fairly confident. Unless his body's like really, really, really small, he's probably right there. Probably between 150 and 160. No, right, right there. Siding. I mean, he 
He, he's because I know two other guys that killed 150 this year. That deer's in that category, like 150. But and he's clean too. Yeah, he's he clean. doesn't have a lot of stuff going. Yeah, he's he, a very he's clean. A clean t- he is a clean tipple. Yeah, but um, I mean, there's there's no. I mean, depending on like how the you know the moisture level is this spring, this summer, you know, th- there's no reason that deer couldn't be pushing, you know, potentially over 160 inches. You yeah, know, but, if if he does good, and depending on how old he is, and you know, make sure he didn't get, you know, I don't think that deer got killed. I feel, I feel like we would, that's a pretty iconic looking deer. Yeah. Uh, we would have seen that, but, uh, I mean, he, unless, he, a, unless a killer killed it, man. No, but <laughs> it's secretive. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, he, he's in that, that 150 category right there as, as he stands. It's just, you know, what happens to him this year? Cause I mean, who knows? I mean, he could get hit by a car and he's going to be all goofy this year. But yeah, I, mean, I mean, if, if he grows and, you know, looks good and, you know, has a good spring and summertime, I mean, that deer, could seriously blow up. Yeah, you remember Perry last year was talking when we went up and uh, recorded with him at his house preseason. He was talking about, you know, we've had two or three good, real wet summers, like just good years where he's like, man, this fall ought to be it. Yeah. I've had a couple years of just like good, like we haven't had a drought, nothing's gone wrong, and then mm. he killed a state record. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what a legend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was talking to him, uh, I don't know, a week or two ago. No. And uh, he was talking about how we had green up early this year, mm-hmm. and that could help him out too, getting all yeah. that, uh, all the nutrients in even earlier. Earlier, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I hope so. Man, that's exciting. So, uh, so even though you've had all these like big giant bucks, man, I mean that's 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 impressive. Of uh, just the amount of deer that you got on camera right here of that yeah. quality. I mean, probably four different ones. Just eyeballing it real quick, uh, but. You're like, if I go up there, so you don't you don't think you're gonna give it any chances this fall? No, I will. I will. Uh especially in October and November. But after that, it, that place usually dies out pretty quick, especially after the first week of December. Um they go in holes in the you, ground. You get the little dink bucks that mm-hmm. show show up and I think that's like the Alabama strain. I, I really do think there's like two different two different ruts up there. Um you get these big mature bucks in, you know, late October and then in November. And then you get the little Alabama dink bucks, yeah. which they were chasing around on that other camera. Mm-hmm. They're chasing around in December and January and even February. You know, you say that, uh, I can't remember if we had him say it on the podcast or not, but um, it was Mark Turner. He's a friend of mine. Um, and he's, he's actually working on his PhD right now under Dr. Craig Harper, like one of the most prominent deer biologists in the country. And uh, Mark, dude, he's gonna he's gonna be one of the most prominent. He's he's a real good dude, super smart. And uh, one time, me and him were talking, and we were hunting down in South Alabama in like a tiny little area where there's a November rut. We we're talking about how weird it is because three miles down the road they rut mid January. Yeah, you know. And we were talking about that, and I'm like, Have y'all figured that out yet? <laughs> you know, like biologist community. And uh, he said that. Everyone talks about all the restocking across the South, but like mm-hmm. in Alabama, we'll have like, oh, this is from Wisconsin. This is from Michigan. This is from so-and-so. Uh, they've done like extensive, uh, I hope I'm not quoting them wrong. Yeah, DNA, the DNA test. They've done extensive DNA tests, and the one place where those outside strains still show up yeah. is there, this place. the Michigan yeah. deer. That's the only place in Alabama that they found those out-of-state genetics. Everything else is gone, but it's it survives there. Yeah. It's diluted. Yeah, so that's a uh, that's super cool. And I, I mean, and, and I, so it could be, it really could be. There's like two yeah. very distinct different ruts there. Well, I mean, even Paul Patera, uh, he said, you know, in the in the comments when I posted this, he was like, you know, 
I told him about the this particular strain. I mean, these deer, there were several killed. I think last year that pushed two fifty. Mm-hmm. Um, two hundred fifty pounds. Yeah, two hundred fifty pounds, <laughs> not two hundred fifty yeah, inches. Hold up, <laughs> two hundred fifty pounds, and um, and you just don't run across deer like that, especially you know outside of that black belt, you know, where they've got a whole bunch of ag and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, just, oh yeah. And talking to the land and legacy guys too, who do habitat stuff for a living. I mean, their job is like growing big deer mm-hmm. and, uh, they talk about, you know, a lot of places, oh. our, our problem in the South is kind of like a, a backwards problem than what people think it is. A lot of places we have too many deer. And J- I think Jacob, you were telling them about this place and explaining it to them. They're like, that makes perfect sense. Because even if it is like the Alabama strain deer, that deer still has like ample room, ample resources. It's yeah. not really competing with other stuff. There's plenty there. It's like what make that's what makes big deer. Right. And that's what Mr. Perry's always told me. Cause I told him, I was like, I'd like to see more cutovers and stuff up there in Bankhead and Black Warrior. Mm-hmm. Um, which Bankhead, you know, it's national forest and there really is a lot more diversity uh in the national forest but like when it comes to black warrior it's kind of mostly untouched for the most part and he's like yeah but when you start doing that you start getting more deer and then your big deer you know they start getting smaller yeah and so he's like that i think that's what keeps these deer so Mm -hmm. big is you know not having a whole bunch of deer to compete with as far as you know resources yeah dude that's right i mean and it makes perfect sense you know if if it's if it's just you and your lady friend at home you know you're living life all of a sudden, you got four kids. You know, yeah, your the resources go down. <laughs> Same thing with deer, man. Yeah. Yeah. You start stacking them in there like that. Uh, not not enough resources to go around. So, hey, but that's did, the place, hey, dude. Do you, what? You, you just remember that, okay? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> easy, Tiger. Well, hey, we'll have to remember that quote. Yeah, easy. yeah. Well, so uh, up here, you know, growing up, like my whole life down here, you're like, yeah. If you go up, you know, old timers, they'll be like, man, you go up there, you'll. You'll see one buck a year, two bucks a year, but it'll be a good one. Yeah. You know, that's, that's how, right. I mean, yeah. If you're oh, lucky Tony, enough to see one, Tony Myers, man. Yeah. What he says, like, man, you might not see a bunch of deer, but when you, you know what you're looking for, and you get into some, you know, some good habitat and find the sign, you know, next thing you know, you get under, you know, he killed a mid 170s buck up there with his bow. Man, I, I love, I, I was re listening to his episode the other day. It's, God, so good. That well, that's what I was thinking about when we were talking about, you know, a good storyteller. Storyteller. Yeah. yeah. God, he's good. Yeah, we need to get we need to get the gang back together for that. Yep. We, we were going to do it last year, but couldn't make it happen. But uh, so me and me and Jacob kind of went over some of our plans for you know, like both here and out of state stuff. But what are your plans for this fall? Well, I'm going to be more than likely hunting this early part of the season, and then uh, as y'all know, I got into a hunting club. Or I'm getting into a hunting club, and going to kind of give it a shot this year. So, so, so what's the what's the deal behind the club? Well, you know, we, you know, put out a advertisement pretty much on <laughs> on the podcast, on the podcast, and uh, had somebody reach out and uh, send me some pictures of the club and uh, some pictures of the deer, and you know, there's some really good deer on there. Uh, I went and looked at the hunting club. Like I told y'all, I don't think it's I would say probably 80% of it is pretty much like a barren wasteland, but there's 20% of it that's really good, and there's some really good deer on it. 
Well, so, what, what makes you say it's a barren wasteland? It's like that green carpet effect. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got you. So there's nothing as far as like understory. And I think that's going to keep a lot of there, which uh, the guy who reached out to me, he's a listener. And uh, he said that you'd be surprised that, you know, a lot of these deer, they just bed in that stuff, even not considering the cover. But yeah, I'm going to have to give it a look. But I, I really feel like, a lot is i feel like it's going to be a really good rut location but as far as like an all-season location there's only going to be very very small percentage of the property that you know that's going to produce yeah what's uh what's the terrain like mountainous hill country it it is it is uh more mountainous than like the place where we hunt locally down here yeah um but um it's i would say it's it it's probably very similar to like uh Bankhead or Black Warrior, mm-hmm. you know, as far as the terrain. Okay. Um, as far as cover, it's a little bit of everything, but mostly pines. I'd probably say besides uh this new piece of property that they acquired, which was mostly look like hardwoods, um, I would say probably eighty percent of it is um pines or cutover. Mm-hmm. Uh they just had like uh a new cutover. And then they've had a cutover, maybe it looks like it was probably two or three years ago, but it looks like it was chemically sprayed. So there's not a lot of, not a lot growing out in it besides sage and some pines that they replanted. So, mm-hmm. um, but I feel like, you know, during late season, that's probably like one of the only little pieces of cover Yeah, in that area. So it could probably be pretty good. So. That sounds pretty cool. Dude. Yeah. Got, got my attention. Old, old yeah. Jacob said he wants to come down. So. Uh, you can come down too. I mean, we can go on the weekend now. Oh, a little get, little guest yeah, trip, dude. Get yeah. a little scouting trip. Yeah. I'm down. I'll do it. Shoot, scouting trip. I would go scout. I'm talking about come season, dude. <laughs> yeah, you got some <laughs> guest fee. Yeah. Guest, like, what's Let's that? Go. What's that guest fee like, dude? Yeah, yeah. I had some uh, people reach out about clubs to me as well, and uh, like they all filled up, or they, they all didn't have openings. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get in the club this year. After all, decided against it. Uh, well, I was already on the fence about it, and after pulling that card, I'm like, "That gone." <laughs> but the, the rut there is what time? It's, it's the in December. Yeah, so yeah, it'd be a different one than this one, but still, I'd be missing out on the one that's mm-hmm. you know that we hunt. So yeah, definitely. Well, uh, any special plans for the club as far as like any strategy that that you feel like sharing here? I know you got a listener in the club. Shout out to that yeah, guy. listeners everywhere. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, um, I'm uh, I'm going to go and look at the property, like really look at the property and start scouting. Uh, I'm going to locate all of those areas with some thick cover. And uh, probably since I'm able to now, probably put out some kind of mineral lick or something like that or uh, – Maybe some scrapes, some mock scrapes, and kind of get things going as far as like with trail cameras and try to locate where some of these bachelor groups are at and then kind of work out from there. So, when does season open on that club? You know, to be honest with you, I have no clue because that might fall in that special zone. Yeah, it probably does. Yeah, I I think it might. I was looking at it earlier today, but anyways, Jake, what'd you have over there? Uh, Did that tell you about Kyle Sides? And that listener that he ran to down in South Georgia. Uh-uh. Are you saying on the podcast? So our buddy Kyle Sides, who was on a couple different turkey episodes this spring. 
By the way, uh-huh. I need to hit up Kyle Sides uh, for some of that stuff that he sells. That's some of his feed? Yeah. Oh, grip feed. Yeah, yeah. grip feed. Uh, no, so he was, yeah, he was doing a, a big load down to like one of their big buyers uh, down south Georgia. They've got like 24,000 acres that they own. They have like a crew of like 30 dudes that like works on the place. And uh, he said he was down there doing a delivery uh, of feed and was like talking to one of the, hand, the, one of the um, guys that worked on the, on the property. And one of the guys came up to him and was like, man, he Kyle Sides? He's like, yeah. He's like, man, he's like, man, I love your podcast. I love when you do the podcast on the Southern Outdoors. <laughs> and he's like, what? He's like, dude, I was in the bottom, out of the middle of nowhere, South Georgia. And this dude like recognized my voice after I was talking. Like, oh, man, Kyle Sides. <laughs> hey, he does have that draw, man. Yeah. yeah. I know. But I was like, man, he's, he's like, he's, that's what he was like. He's like, man, y'all must be a little more popular than I thought y'all were. <laughs> man, he's in the middle of nowhere, man. He's like, guys, talking about the podcast and everything. I'm like, dude, I've only been on the podcast like three or four times. Oh, that's so, hilarious. Yeah, it was funny. That listener I had at Wayne's Club, he texted me today. He said, man, I appreciate the shout out. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, man. But uh, no, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited though for this deer season. There's like just so much happening. I'm, I'm excited just from the standpoint of like full time. And now we got to get Andrew full time. Uh, we were talking about that earlier at yeah we were talking about you and all your trips you got planned Dude, it's a lot man it <laughs> yeah really it is. is it's like man i'm like i hope i got enough money for gas money and tags you might be burned out after this season <laughs> it might you know i don't know i think the one thing though that's gonna keep me from not having that happen is having pepper and doing like it, it, i'm telling you like you can't if you're gonna deer hunt for three or four months straight like you're gonna get burned out. there's no way you're not going to unless yeah, you have, like, break a cr- it up crazy personality but like being able to like go on an upland hunt, you don't have to be quiet, and you kind of scale a little bit too, especially like in Alabama and stuff, like do some woodcock hunting. It just changes up the pace and makes it more fun. Um, instead of just like going out every single day deer hunting, um, love it to death, but it's gonna be nice to change it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're gonna be doing. So actually, we'll get I got two, if not three, um, upland trips planned. I mean, we already talked about we're gonna go to Wisconsin sometime late October. Well, I think it's the last week of October. We're going to Wisconsin on a grouse trip. And then uh, I think sometime in September, unless Nick changes it, uh, uh, Nick Adair, we're supposed to be going to Montana. Um, That's the one I want to go on. Yeah, I told I told Mike I was like, man, you need to come on these on one of these one of these upland hunts, dude. Uh, I bet Mike would be all about dude, that. Hell yeah, does carry like yeah. carry around a shotgun, chase dogs around? Dude, you get to see Jacob make a fool of himself. <laughs> yeah, I, I, get, I, I get I get pretty hype, dude, behind a dog. Oh, he does. Dude, you, yeah, yeah, for real. All right, we don't have to shoot it, dude. But I miss. I'm still getting hype. If I was a bird. <laughs> Uh, oh, and, I wish there was cameras when we tripled on Woodcock. Yeah, it was pretty. <laughs> I was, so I was, it's worse than when I put on pocket full of stones for. Oh, it's, Jacob wor- it's as worse pre-game. than anything you've ever seen, <laughs> Jacob. I mean, he's just like he's like a madman running around in the woods. Yep. And then uh, I think we're talking. We're talking about. I don't know if we're gonna have. It's not confirmed necessarily yet, but I'm. It's pretty certain. Going to Arizona sometime uh, late January and doing a, a big quail run down there and trying to get four species of that western quail so you got uh you can like jump shoot on ducks out there yeah sure. yeah you get your waterfowl just have your i was you know. watching some videos on that and these guys were walking around there shooting jackrabbits uh quail and jump shooting ducks mm-hmm. hey i got a question this may sound really dumb but i'm not a duck hunter but i swear i was walking through the woods like two months ago and i saw a duck fly into a tree oh yeah wood duck like go into the tree yeah, landed on a branch. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A wood duck. Wood ducks. And nest, okay. they, they nest inside like hollow openings and stuff. Okay, so it's not like yeah, and they're nesting right now too. So you'll be walking through the woods and you'll flush a wood duck, like a like a game bird. Like it'll flush like nowhere near the water, and you're just like, was that a freaking duck? And yeah. then it starts going through the woods, and it's like, nye, nye, 
you know, doing its little yeah, wood well, duck sound. Oh, that's what it was. I was going for a run uh-huh. over by my house. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I run down through there, and I was like, oh, that goes a duck. And I was like, a duck? A duck? <laughs> it just landed in the tree. <laughs> like, what is a duck doing in the tree? Hey, like, we, we were up at Nick's farm up in Tennessee, and we were sitting there. This is the last time we were up there. Yeah. And some wood ducks landed in a tree. That was the first time I'd seen it. You like, weren't out there. You didn't see I it. I thought I was out there. No, it was me and Nick. Well, you know, I assumed. I assumed. <laughs> hey, you see him telling the story <laughs> yeah. like he was there? Oh, my gosh. Me and Nick were standing there. And these, Drinky and other. Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. They, these these woodies were coming in, and they, like, cupped up. And there's just, like, a pasture right there and, uh, and like, a fence line. And they were, like, cupped up, dropping in. And we're like, where are they going to land? And they just, like, hit this oak tree. And I'm like, well, I'll be dang. Look at that. Yep. So, that's was, what I saw. I was like, I don't know. Maybe that's a real thing. I don't know. Oh, like, yeah, so I had to ask. Hey, hey listen, we gotta get back to deer hunting, man. Hey, dude, Jacob, you know how much you crap talked me about duck hunting, like especially two years ago. I killed, I killed three bucks two years ago, and then I started duck hunting. He's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I killed three bucks. What else do you want?" Well, this year, like two days ago, he's like, "Bro, where are we? Where are we going on a duck trip this year?" Well, I got time to do it now. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was back when I had a freaking work and I had one day a week to hunt. I'm not, I'm not taking my one day of the week to go freaking duck hunting. It's not yeah, happening. well, and and I can actually go duck hunting on the weekend. Hey, let's this go, year. man. Because we didn't go last year. I was supposed to go last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but now now your schedule links up with ours. Because yeah. before it's like you can hunt like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and I can hunt like either Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Right. And uh, so, yeah, no, it's going to be different this year, dude. We're going to have time. I'm excited about it. Yeah, me too. Got to get on some dove hunts. Because, man, I saw the light in Michael's eye when I took him dove hunting. And he shot a dove. He's oh, like, this is fun. Did you get to, we get to hunt? Talk about I used, yeah, I used to shoot, well, I, I shot skeet with my cousin. And we'd go over to his house and we'd shoot skeet. You know, I had one of those little throwers. Yeah. And um, we shoot, and I, I really liked it. Dude, it's like, dude, uh, we ought to do it. Uh, I went for a work thing. I went to Selwood Farms, which people in Central Alabama is probably familiar with. But they have like, it's like golf with a shotgun is what they call it. And it's like a whole skeet shooting course. And there's 18 stations. And there's like two clays at each station or whatever. Uh, dude, it is so fun. Well, like get, getting all of us together one day and just like going out and doing that for fun, man, it'd be a, it would be a blast. We should do it. But yeah, yeah, dude, get on some dove hunts this year. Maybe this will be the year I can drag you on a squirrel hunt. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe he might. He might. He might. We could go this weekend. Well, it'd be illegal right now. Well, yeah, you're not allowed. To we right we now. are in Alabama. No, <laughs> no. Hey, by the way, we found out that shotgun I bought. Dude, 110 years old now. Yeah, 110 years old. That side by side. They were like, oh man, I think it's probably like from the 60s. Looked at the serial number and they actually reached out to like the the freaking collectors mm-hmm. guild or whatever online for that brand box. Like, oh, yeah, it's manufactured from 1912 to 1913. I'm like, holy crap. So, we're going to try to shoot something this year. It's an old shotgun, P- man. Pretty yeah. pumped. Actually. That thing's probably killed a lot he of won't rabbits. Ever, he won't ever shoot it. Nah, he I'm might go- not. I'm shooting it this weekend in Tennessee. I believe it when Maybe, I see it. It would be poppers. We're going to do some dog training, but we'll some poppers in it. <laughs> but, uh, oh, yeah, no, I'm fired up. But any, y'all got anything else on deer hunting, man? This is going to the interrupts of deer. No, nah, man. I'm just, I'm excited. Um, I'm excited to get back to the content. Excited to get all these new guests on who we got planned and the kind of stuff that we're trying to do this year. Uh, just, again, trying to make the quality better, uh, quality content through the whole summer, going through the fall, do some series. A lot of stuff planned. A lot of stuff planned. Yeah, y'all let us know what y'all want to hear. You've already mentioned that, you know, you'd like to hear some of these lesser well-known people 
instead of the, you know these yeah people who are on all the podcasts. But if there's anything else you want to know, just let us know. Mm-hmm. Let us know. Leave us a review. Give us some feedback. You know what what can we you know improve on? So yeah, absolutely. Yes, so, sir. You're gonna be exciting. Oh, by the way, uh-huh. I'm really enjoying that uh, that option for the dollar ninety nine where you ain't got to listen to any ads. Oh, there you go, yeah. Michael with the plug. Yep. Come on, sign me up. Yep. So once again, I'm tired of fast forwarding. Fast forward like thirty seconds, thirty seconds, thirty seconds. So if you oh crap, we went too far back. Yeah. Now you gotta go fifteen yep. seconds back. 15 I know. Seconds back. Uh, if you don't like having to listen to all those pesky advertisements and you happen to be listening on Apple Podcasts. Again, sorry, uh, non-Apple listeners, but other platforms just don't offer anything right now, so there's really not much we can do there. Uh, but if you do listen on Apple Podcasts, you can subscribe for $1.99 a month or $20 a year, and uh, you don't get any ads whatsoever. So none of the random ads for like insurance companies or car companies or whatever that pop up, or even the ads that we're doing ourselves. So uh, you don't have to hear any of this. And you you're still and you're still supporting the show. Yeah, and you're helping Andrew go full time one day. So directly helping that. Uh, so yeah, man, do that. That's a huge help to us. Really big help. So thanks for the plug, Michael. I'm doing it just because I don't want to hear the ads. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. So I I will say though that I do find those females talking. You know, it's a lot easier listening than the, <laughs> than our the, voices and, and y'all's voices. <laughs> I, I'll agree. I'll agree. There, there's a couple come on there. Hey, like, dude, we had this big discussion about getting like Tiffany and some other girls to do ad reads for us. Yeah, and then we just never did it. But anyways, <laughs> uh, yeah, and also bonus episodes too. Uh, Jacob, we talked a little bit about yep. bonus content today. Do you want to throw anything out about that? I mean, bonus content will go on Apple Podcasts and Patreon. For those for Patreon listeners who are uh, who are wondering about that, so the bonus content will go on both. But if you're an Apple listener, then you know it'll be easier to listen to than if you have to listen to it through like a browser. Yes, yeah, it's, it's way easier to if you're at, per our analytics, it's like eighty four percent of you guys listen on Apple Podcasts. So yeah. yep, that's right. You know, you know there there's a small minority, but probably a loud minority that listens on Spotify or <laughs> App, or iHeartRadio. If you listen on Podbean, God bless you. <laughs> I mean, just uh, oh, there's yeah. a it's, it's a single percentile, but some of y'all do. And I'm very like, few. I might Podbean yeah, I'm listeners. Like, nope, I well, listen. I don't know Podbean, dude. Every once in a while, we got some, we get some comments rolling in on Podbean. I haven't where they can comment on our show and it sends me an email. Yeah, and I don't, I don't even know like how it even got my email or what, but it'll be like a new podcast comment just came in. I'm like, what? Yeah, and I'll go look at it. So they're always very positive. Nope. Um, so I okay. appreciate you Podbean listeners, even though Jacob's smack talking you. Cruel. Nah, it's all, it's all good with with love, which much with much love. Uh, y'all got anything else, dude? Talking deer here, getting super excited, got stuff rocking and rolling. At eight hundred and seventy-seven reviews, guys. Let's get to nine hundred. Come on now, nine hundred by the end of May. All right, everyone. Well, appreciate y'all listening, and uh, I'll still Jacob's under here, as Michael says every week. Y'all stay southern.
You guys seem to really have enjoyed over the last year where we've went to a Q&A format every Thursday on the show where we answer some listener questions. Now, some of the most common ones that we get have to do with gear, but also how to find a good hunting buddy. You know, I'm really lucky to, to have a hunting buddy like Jacob. We've been on a lot of incredible hunting trips together over the years, and it's just nice to have somebody that, you know, is always down to go on that that trip that you've always wanted to go on or, or who will wake up at three o'clock in the morning and go get that gate before someone else does on public land with you, whatever the case may be. And like I said, we get a lot of questions on how do you find, you know, a group of people who enjoy that same thing so you can kind of network and make some connections. The Mobile Hunters Expo is the place to do that. Y'all heard us talk about it last year. And guess what? This year it's happening in Dalton, Georgia. We're going to be there June 28th through the 30th. We're going to be there all three days. We're going to have a booth. You can come talk to us. We talked to a lot of you guys last year, had a ton of fun. So looking forward to that again. But guys, I'm telling you, this is the place to come network. And there's going to be a ton of you guys there. A lot of Southern Outdoorsman podcast listeners are going to be at this show. And actually, Friday, June 28th, there's going to be an after-hour social after the expo. So what better place to go kind of intermingle, hang out with a bunch of like-minded people, and probably pick up a couple new hunting buddies. So you guys don't miss it. It's June 28th through the 30th. I'm telling you, if you listen to this podcast, this is an event you need to be at. Now, we'll see you guys at the Mobile Hunters Expo June 28th through the 30th in Dalton, Georgia.